Masechet Nedarim Tafpeh Bet. In Amishnah, we learned that there's a machloket between Rabbanan and Rabbi Yoseh about whether washing, if, if a wife makes a vow that she's not going to bathe, is that considered affliction or not? Uh, Rabbanan said that is considered an affliction and therefore the husband can annul it. And Rabbi Yoseh said that's not considered, it's considered in, uh, an affliction. All right. Um, in the ensuing discussion, uh, we talked about the other type of annulling, which is not because of affliction, but rather because it affects their relationship. And there, uh, Rabbi Yoseh in the Baraita yesterday said that um, if uh, a wife makes a vow that they are not going to use the bed, this is a Talmudic euphemism, for marital, marital relations, tashmisha um, mita. If she says, "I'm not, we're not going to use the bed," then that is a problem of the um, of uh, a matter of their relationship, beno ubena, and therefore the husband can annul such a vow with regards to her. Now, the question today, we know that's true for the biyose, but what about Rabbanan? Be'amine Rava, Merav Nachman, Rava Es, Rav Nachman, Tashmish Hamita, Le'Rabbanan, Inui Nefeshu, O Devarim Shebeno Le'Benah, Amar Le'Tinituha, Untaluha Ani Min HaYehudim, Yafer Chelko, Um Shammashto, Ute Netula Min HaYehudim. So the question is whether, if a wife makes a vow that she will not use the bed with her husband, um, according to Rabbanan, what uh, can she can the husband annul it? And if so, is that considered uh, a affliction, or is it only considered a problem of their relationship? It's certainly going to be a problem of their relationship. I mean, this is a, a basic obligation that a husband and wife are obligated to each other. Uh, but would that also be considered to be affliction? Uh, so he said, oh, I have an answer from a Mishnah that's coming up later on that says, if a wife, if a woman says, I am removed from the Jews, by which she means I am not going to have relations with any Jews for some reason. Um, maybe it really means with anyone, because obviously she's not going to go and be with a non-Jew. Um, so she's just, uh, she's done. She's out. Um, she's, while she's married, she says this, the husband can nullify part of it, meaning the part that relates to him, so that it's, uh, the vow is nullified uh, regards to him, so he, he can have relations with her. And they can have relations. However, after they, should they get divorced or he dies, then the rest of the vow will still, still apply and she will be prohibited from being with any other Jews. Um, so what do we see from here? Uh, that it's only partially annulled. Now, if we say, If he can annul it because this is considered affliction, then why would you say that uh, um, uh, that she is still uh, uh, that she's still prohibited from other Jews, uh, right? Well, this is the main major difference between the two categories. If something is um, is a problem because of their relationship, then the husband can only nullify that part that relates to their relationship. But if it's because of affliction, then the husband can annul the entire vow. So if if this was a problem of affliction, she says, "I'm not going to have relations." That's that's an affliction upon herself. Uh, then, then the husband can annul it, and that would apply to the entirety of the vow, and then she would be permitted 
to her husband and to other people after divorce. Um, uh, from the fact that it says, no, it's only partially annulled, that means it's not a problem of affliction. Therefore, we learn that this is a matter, uh, this is a problem of their relationship between the two. So we saw, according to the B, yesterday, we saw according to the Biyose, uh that if a wife makes a vow not to have relations, then the husband can annul it because of Devarim Shebeno Lebena. And from this, we learn that this is true also for Rabbanan. It's not a problem of Inui. So uh, even though Rabbanan do say that washing, if she says, I'm not going to wash, that's a problem of affliction. Well, it's a different matter, right? Not washing. She's going to be smelly and dirty and, um, and get sores and all that. That's an affliction. Um, not having relations is not a problem of affliction, but it is, according to both Rabbanan and Rabbi Yosef, a problem of Devarim Shebeno Lebena. Okay, good. Now, Rabbanan tiba elach mishum denetula ani min hayehudim. Rabbi Yosef katanila damar ravuna kule pirkin Rabbi hi. And so now we said, hold on, you have not answered the question. You answered the question by quoting a Mishnah in our Masechet, uh, in, our, in this Perek, which is fine. The problem is that um, Rabbi, um, right, so according to Rabbanan, you still have to ask the question because this, the example that you brought of the Mishnah later on, that opinion is that of Rabbi Yoseh. For after all, Rabbanan said, our entire Perek, this last Perek of Masechet Nedarim, is all the opinion of Rabbi Yoseh. Even though it's anonymous, it's all Rabbi Yoseh. So your proof is a good proof that this Mishnah, whoever wrote this Mishnah, thinks that Inui uh, Nefesh, um, that uh, thinks that a vow from Tashmish, Hamita, is not a problem, Inui Nefesh, is a problem, but Devarim Lebeno Bena, that Mishnah does prove that, whoever wrote the Mishnah, but that Mishnah was not made, it was not written by Rabbanan. That's only the opinion of Rabbi Yosef. Uh, Mimai. Now, how does Rav Huna know that this entire chapter of Masech and Nedarim is the opinion of Rabbi Yosef, even though it's anonymous? Because there's a double language in the Mishnah. I'll show you here from um, our very Mishnah. You see that um, our Mishnah starts off uh, talking about these are Nedarim, and then the Biyoseh disagrees and says, um, these are not Nidre'inu Nefesh. Um, and then the Biyoseh continues and gives his opinion, the following are Inu Dibre Inu Nefesh, and mentions that he says, I'm not, all fruit are not, I'm not, I'm forbidden for me, and so on. Okay, Mimenu. Uh, now you could have stopped here, Ela uh, Mimenu, and we would have known this is opinion of Rabbi Yosef, because you already said here, I'm not Yosef. So then the next paragraph, obviously, obviously is going to be Rabbi Yosef. There's no need to say again, Right, you could stop here. Period. I know that's the opinion of Rabbi Yosef. So the fact that it says Dibre Rabbi Yosef again, that means this Dibre Rabbi Yosef is not a summary of what came before, because it would be unnecessary for that. Now in Peshat, it does sound like it is in fact a summary. Uh, but the Gemara is reading the Mishnah almost like Pesukim, that uh, there's a redundancy. And therefore, uh, the Gemara's reading, Rav Huna's reading is that, This is going on the following, meaning the rest of the Perek. And you see, the rest of the Perek, even though, right, the next Halacha is anonymous, 
um, and so on. So um, even though it's anonymous, where Rabbi Ravuna says the entire Perek is all the opinion of Rabbi Yoseh, and therefore you have uh, proved your point only for Rabbi Yoseh, and we do not have an answer for Rabbanan, and that's how we end this discussion without an answer. We shouldn't even have to um, uh, debate uh, what, what should be what Rabbanan would say about this. Okay, next we have a statement of Shemuel, and we're going to uh, challenge it from a couple of sources. Amash Shemuel Mishmeh Delevi. So he's very expansive and says a husband can annul the vow, all vows of his wife except if she says I forbid benefit from me to that person because there the prohibition applies to someone else, right? Some uh, person, uh, maybe uh, maybe her uh, sister, her friend, uh, someone she got into a fight with, She her benefit from her is prohibited to that person, so that will not affect uh, his wife and will not affect their relationship, and so that's fine. He cannot annul that. But if she says benefit from that person is prohibited to me, in that case, she is causing herself an affliction. Uh, an affliction. Now, even if it's a, some, you know, random guy in, uh, that she, uh, that, uh, you know, took her, took her parking spot or something, it doesn't matter. Who knows? Maybe one day she will require the services of that person. And therefore, that will be an affliction, right? She says this uh, store owner, I, I, I'm not going to benefit from him. Well, maybe she doesn't usually stop and st- shop in the store, but maybe one day she'll need something from the store. And therefore, anything like that, even if she doesn't regularly interact with that person, could be she will. So the husband can annul that vow in that direction, but not in the other direction if it's only making a prohibition on someone else. All right, that's what Shemuel says. It makes sense, but we're going to challenge Shemuel from our Mishnah. Tenan, perot medina zo alai, yavi la medina acheret. So our Mishnah says, if a, if a wife uh, makes a vow and says, the fruit from this certain country are prohibited to me. In that case, the husband does cannot annul it because she, they can just bring the, the same fruit from somewhere else, right? She likes uh, avocado. Avocados come from Mexico. She says, I'm not going to have any fruit from Mexico. doesn't matter. You can get avocados from another place. So therefore, she's not actually causing herself an affliction. But this is a question because, um, after all, isn't, isn't a whole country bigger than just one person? If she says, I'm not going to have any benefit from one person, Shemuel said he, the husband can annul it. Certainly, benefit from a whole country, the husband should be able to annul it. Who knows? Maybe there'll be some particular thing that from that country, or it's cheaper or better quality from that country. And so, this certainly should be able to annul it. That's a good question. Amar Rav Yosef, Damra, Tekamra, Shetavi. Rav Yosef adds a word to the Mishnah that says, Perot Medina Zo. Shetavi uh, alai, um, anything that for you bring from that country are prohibited to, for, to me. In other words, the wife is limiting her vow only to things that the husband himself brings from that country to her. But if someone else would bring it, then that would be fine. If she really likes avocados from Mexico, that's all right. Someone else will go, not her husband, and bring it to her. Therefore, she is not causing herself any affliction. It's not like one person where maybe that one person has a particular thing or particular service that she needs. He's a doctor. 
And now she, all of a sudden she needs to see that doctor. And so that would be causing her affliction. But if it's just uh, something that you, the husband, cannot do, but someone else could bring it from that place, so that's... Um, that will not cause her any affliction, and that's how we answer the question. It's true, we have to add a word, but okay, it does answer the question. All right, but let's keep going. In our Mishnah above, for another example, where the wife says, the fruit from this particular grocer are prohibited to me, the husband cannot annul it because, so what, you can't get it from this grocer, she can always go to a different grocer. And this is also a question, if, when she says, the benefit from a single individual is prohibited to me, the husband can annul it, so all the more so, a whole store, um, she, he should be able to annul it, right? Um, uh, she, you know, maybe this store is going to have a sale, it's going to have a product, and the next door is not going to have it. So uh, how are you going to answer this? We'll answer it the same uh, way as the other one. No, the, she didn't say from this store, anything from this store is prohibited. Only something that you bring, from that store, that's prohibited to me, right? So uh, that means only if, she, if the husband goes shopping, buys the things from the store, brings it home, then it's prohibited to her. But if she goes herself or someone else goes for her and gets it from the store, then that's totally fine. Therefore, it's not causing her an affliction. I mean, maybe a slight inconvenience because if the husband happens to be there at the store and shopping anyway, now she's going to have to make her own trip. Okay, but that's not much of a much of an affliction, and so now that make that now we we answer the question. However, here's a problem from the continuation of that case. If the husband can only shop at that store, uh, for example, only that store store will give him credit. The other store though won't give him credit. There is no other store, or he has a deal with this store. Right? His paycheck goes is, is paid from this store. Um, so if he cannot buy from any other store, then that's a problem. Uh, and then the husband can annul the vow, because then that, that's, uh, that's going to be a serious affliction to her, because she won't be able to get anything from the store. Um, I mean, someone can buy it and give it to her as a gift, but the point is that the husband cannot provide for her from if there's something in the store that she wants. Okay, so now, now if you already make the ukimta, the limitation that we said for the resha, uh, that is talking about a case where she says only that you will bring, then why does why does Mishnah say that he can annul it in such a case? Um, if it's only that you will bring, so fine, the husband has credit at the store. That, that and only the store will uh, give him credit. Fine, the husband himself cannot go and pick it up, but if she goes or sends us, asks someone to go for her and picks it up from the store, then it would be permitted. So again, it's not an affliction, and therefore the husband should not be permitted to annul it. So therefore, this limitation that you made does not make sense. Rather, since the sefa is cannot be limited to only a case where the husband brings the produce, but it's not anyone bring the produce, and that's why he can annul it. So the resha also is that she herself, uh, even if she goes, 
um, and uh, and brings it from this store, it will also be prohibited. We cannot limit it only to the husband bringing it. Therefore, we reject this entire ukimta, this limitation on the care on the case of the Mishnah, and we're back to our square one with our question. Shemuel said that if the wife makes a vow, I'm not going to benefit from a particular person. The husband can annul it because that's a problem of if of affliction, um, and so this is a problem in our Mishnah because our Mishnah says if she says I'm not going to benefit from a whole store then the husband cannot uh, uh, cannot annul it um, so because uh, she can always go to a different store um, so he can go to a different store so this is a problem and we rejected this Teresha was a case when she said I'm not gonna benefit from, from anything from that store and the husband cannot nullify it even though it's prohibited even for her to go to that store. No one can go to that store. And nevertheless, the husband cannot nullify it. That seems to go against Shemuel. Uh, but here is our new answer. That Mishnah is the opinion of Rabbi Yosef. After all, the entire Pedic is the opinion of, of, of Rabbi Yosef. Now, you don't actually need Ravuna right now for this case because we're talking about our first Mishnah, the first Mishnah in the Pedic that we learned that says explicitly, this is the words of Rabbi Yosef. So it's true for sure. This is a, the this is the opinion of Rabbi Yosef. Um, okay, now how does that help us? When Rabbi Yosef said over there that the husband cannot nullify this vow, he only meant that he cannot nullify it on the grounds of affliction, because Rabbi Yosef has a higher level of what affliction means. And uh, since there, they can go to another store. So he says that's not considered affliction. He cannot nullify it as being a problem of affliction. But he can nullify it because it will affect their relationship. How will it affect their relationship? Well, now the husband is going to go, has, is going to have to go right all the way to another store. It's a mile away, and so it's more inconvenient for him. And so now he's not going to want to go and do do all that. It's a pain. So he says this affects me, affects our relationship. So he, that's that's the reason why he's an allowed. He would be allowed to annul it. Um, but not because affliction, because not called an affliction if you can get it from someone else. And this can be reconciled with the statement of Shemuel. Because when Shemuel said um, that husband can nullify um, a vow because uh, that she will not get any, any benefit from that particular person, well, that particular person may very well have something that uh, she cannot get somewhere, somewhere else, maybe some goods, maybe some services. And uh, that will cause her affliction. But that's a different story when then the store, when there is another store around. And so uh, that is not an affliction, but it may very well be a problem of their relationship. All right, and now we're going to say and see one more statement of Shemuel. Well, just at the beginning of it, we're going to uh, discuss it more on the next stuff. Uh, so uh, a woman has two loaves of bread in front of her. One of them is a really nice, tasty loaf, and the other one just a plain old that you know you eat it just for some to to to, to fill you up for some calories. 
but is not an enjoyable one to eat. Um, now, she makes a vow regarding both of them. I vow I'm not going to eat either of these two. Now, for the one that was really tasty, um, now that's causing her affliction. She's looking at it, she's smelling it, she really wants to eat it, it's causing her affliction. The other one, that is just some old stale bread, that is not causing her affliction by making her vow. Shemuel's rule is that since the husband comes and hears it, then says, oh, this is cause, this vow is causing you suffering. Since he can undo half the vow that, that, that is about the nice fresh bread, because that causes her suffering, so at the same time, he can annul the entire vow from the uh, the other the other part that's that is not causing her suffering. Right? You can get a two two for one special, and he can undo the whole thing, uh, which is uh, which is the case in general for uh, vows of affliction. That um, if it affects um, different things, that he can annul the entire vow. Okay, so then she can eat both uh, loaves. Rabbi Yochanan, however, reports the name of Rabbi Yochanan, says, no, that's not true. He can only annul the part of the vow that relates to the fresh bread. That's what's causing her affliction. And the other part, no, that's not causing her affliction, so he, she can still not eat that. Okay, so that's uh, the Machloket here. The last part of Yochanan was reported in a different format, in question-answer format. Vika Damre, same, it's the same opinion. Ba'amine, Rav Aseh, Merebi Yochanan. Rav Aseh actually asked a question to Rabbi Yochanan. She made a vow again, I said, I'm not going to eat both of these loaves, uh, but one of them is nice and fresh and she's causing her affliction. The other one is not causing her affliction. What's the law? And his answer was that she can annul uh, the vow with regard to the loaf that is causing her affliction, the nice fresh loaf, but she cannot, he cannot annul the, uh, the vow regarding the stale bread and she would still be prohibited to that, and we'll ask some questions about this opinion on the next stuff. Baruch Adonai Amen v'amen.